Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bagging Broadcast, episode number 304. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the comic books that we are looking forward to, coming out June 15th, 2016. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time for our monthly trading policy, where we take a look at a graphic novel or trade paperback that came out somewhat recently, and uh, this week it was one of John's picks. Oh man, it's going to be something macabre where people are eating each other's flesh or some demon possession. It's going to be, it's going to be just so sour. Post-apocalyptic world where it's just tentacle monsters. Uh, and we are reading <laughs> the pitiful human lizard from Chapter House Comics. Oh, this is this this might be fun. <laughs> might be fun. <laughs> But someone else that's always fun is uh, drinking. Yeah. Drinking is a fun activity to do with friends responsibly while podcasting. Uh, and I said, Paul, what do you have uh, for the podcast? And he said, you I... Want, yeah, you wanted to do a Belgian off. I did. I wanted to do some Cezannes. Uh-huh. And Paul said, I have a salted caramel aged in bourbon barrels. And I From said... Anderson Valley. I said, Southern Tier just released their salted caramel. So I'll pick that up and mm-hmm. we'll uh, caramel off. Uh, so Southern Tier Salted Caramel is an imperial stout coming in at 10%, and that is brewed with Himalayan pink sea salt, caramelized sugars, and natural flavors. And it is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you already know Southern Tier can knock it out of the park with their sweet series of beers, imperial stouts. Chocolate. Their chocolate, spelled with a K for some reason. Their uh, creme brulee, which is so sweet, I have to drink a thimble full. This has that kind of level sweetness, just knocked down a peg or two, where I still just want to sip at this. Because that, that creme brulee, you know, that salt, that caramel flavor is almost exactly like, like what I think of when I think of the creme brulee. But, it's, but for whatever reason, the stout just comes through a little bit more here. The salt, you know... You do get a little saltiness on it. A little it. salty. Uh, everything is so well balanced. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's that burnt sugar mm-hmm. with a little bit of salty, and then you get a nice little bitter pop from the stout. Yeah, if you think the creme brulee is a little too sweet, but you still really like it, this is that wheelhouse for you. This is the perfect strike zone. This the, is The brewer that's coming together, the, the that are coming together to bring you this and, like, their orange chocolate... I could sit and drink orange chocolate all day mm-hmm. like that. The orange is... chocolate's really good. I picked up a four-pack of that last week, and that was just kind of my get-home-from-work, like, turn... sipping beer. Yeah, yeah, turn up the AC for you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is um, just really, really nice. So it's seven ninety nine for the big bottle. Hey, uh, great price. So worth it. Uh-huh. Uh, can you imagine, like, sitting around a fire at night with a little <laughs> bit of chill in the air yeah. drinking this? Thing. Yeah, I, I would want a little bit of a chill in there. I, you know, for what I, the Imperial Stouts, man, I need it to be chilly. I need it to be like at the most like sixty five degrees. Yeah, that's why we're doing it off, doing a stout out, off before it gets too much <laughs> right, hotter. Right here in the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, because this is when they make them available. It's so silly. Like, uh, I really enjoyed Saranac S'more uh, Stout. That they came out with, but they came out with it in like February. Yeah, it was supposed to be their spring seasonal that they brought out at the end of January, beginning of February. February. And I'm like, now that I'm sitting, you're like, to be, late in May, I couldn't find it. 
No. Like when I'm actually going to be sitting out near a fire pit, you know, uh, you know, outside and here in, you know, the northeast where Saranac is from. So and I don't think they have huge distribution. It's not like, ugh. same with these beers. I wish I wish they were out like two months ago. Yeah, they have other but dessert. They're, they're beers. delicious. They have now. a dessert beer line that comes out all year round. Mm, that's true. Chris, what did you decide to crack open? Um, I didn't. I'm drinking another cup of coffee. Oh, okay. Mm. So we'll we'll see if I if I get the the urge to later, or I might just sit on both the beers I was thinking about for mm-hmm. a later episode. Because I think you should. They'll both probably be better aged more. But yeah, you got any creamer in that be coffee? Really good right now still. You got any flavored creamer in that coffee? You drinking black? What, what's um, going on? It is a hazelnut coffee, and then mm. I added the International Delights <laughs> Almond Joy. Oh. So it's hazelnut with a hint of almond and coconut. Do you really get that coconutty? Coconut you know all the way it's through? It's a nice little uh, coconut on it, followed by two other nuts. All right, and just for fun, because we, we have been doing these like early. Uh, right now it's noon when we're recording. Uh your favorite coffee creamer flavor? Because I usually drink my coffee black, but during the weekends I usually throw a splash of you know creamer in there. Uh, um, this this one's pretty good. A couple months ago they had the Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Girl Scout flavored one. But <laughs> yeah. No, uh, they were themed after the Girl Scout cookies, and they had the the Samoa one. Yeah, they just called it like Caramel Delights because they're not called Samoas everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like again another like coconut and caramel one, which I I really dug that. I can see coconut and coffee going really well together, so that's that's a good call. Yeah, uh, I mean, like coconut porters are good, so yeah. I I usually always drink mine black, um, but if I'm gonna do something, I usually like like amaretto, mm. like the amaretto. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I like cinnamon. I like uh, cinnamon. Good. I like cinnamon in my coffee. Cinnamon good with the coffee. Good. I haven't tried it, but yeah, any kind of cinnamon, you know. So if I'm going for a splash of flavor in my coffee, I like cinnamon. So you like a lot of Mexican chocolate stuff with mm, the cinnamon, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, um, sidebar. Nothing to do with anything besides Mexican chocolate. We're already sidebar. So if this is a sidebar <laughs> on the sidebar. Sidebar. Okay. Uh, the other day, I went to Universal Studios. I went to the Diagon Alley part of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and went to Florian Fortescue's the wizard ice cream parlor that they have there and i mm. got the chocolate chili ice cream which was really good Ooh. i dug it a lot sounds go good that yeah mm. but yeah news that's the thing we talked about oh yeah news oh you know that was news that you gave us you know news is that a new shop or is that shopping around because i don't uh, think i've seen it it's been around since they opened the oh. uh <laughs> diagon alley expansion to wizarding world of harry potter over at studios uh, i should have went um, there and got some ice cream dude it's just ice cream yeah, but, but it's like wizard ice cream, mm-hmm. so they have like weird different flavors. You can get a butter beer one. They have the chocolate chili. There's like a treacle tart. Uh, there's like some sort of like Granny Smith apple one. Ooh, it's good. Awesome. good. Mm-hmm. I did not like the drink that I got there in Wizarding World. If you get the butter beer, don't try to go off off script by getting anything other than the butter beer there because it's so all the stuff is so sweet. Yeah, I got the I mean, bubble the tea beer is extremely rich too. Which what drink yeah. do you get? I got the swamp water one, the polywog, the, the polywog, you know, gillyweed thing. Where you know, <laughs> the polywog's a wait the fishy green ale. Yeah, the fishy green ale oh, with see, the with the, the green with, ale with like the boba tea in it with the boba tea like blueberries. But I thought they were could be were going to be actual blueberries, and those things were so sugary. Mm. It was just ah, oh. 
it was making my blood hy- hy- uh, hydroscopic and hydrophobic, you know, because it was just like so much sugar in my bloodstream at that point where I was feeling so dehydrated just drinking it. Mm. I, I enjoy that one. <laughs> it was, it's but you, can, you love taking massive amounts of sugar to your system. <laughs> like, I couldn't finish it. I was like, I dumped it out and then like poured, like at first I like poured out half and then like put water in it from a water fountain and tried to drink it just to like try to cut it but still get some of that flavor and it was still so sweet i just dumped it out and just used the ice with for to fill up a water tank and just drank that until the ice melted and then i threw out the cup well it was just a cup it wasn't like yeah a... yeah it was just a plastic cup containing yeah. to go cup so there you go hey, hey news. news news got some parks and rec mixed in here what the heck so, uh, guys, did you see the Injustice 2 trailer? Yes. Did, um, this is something that actually kind of leaked out a little bit earlier um, with someone taking a picture of one of the pre-order exclusive posters that you would get. Yeah, but they teased it because Ed Boon posted on Twitter, like, just the number two, and everybody was like, oh, Injustice 2, guys. Injustice 2 oh, confirmed. Yeah, I see that. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago, and then I think, uh, yeah, that hit, the leaked photo, and everybody's like, yeah, not news, dude. Like, everybody kind of knew because they weren't going to call Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat came out, then Mortal Kombat X came out. Yeah. So they weren't going to go back to Mortal Kombat 2, you know, for Netherrealm Studios. So uh, it just kind of made sense here to that it had to be Injustice 2. Then on Monday, you know, of course, like the day after we record, the, tra- the uh, trailer hits, the cinematic trailer, which is. Uh, like uh, Pokemon evolving, you know, after every fight. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But it was kind of fun. Uh, because it was just showed Flash, Superman, Batman, and Aquaman. And I'm like, eh, you know, cool. I'm glad we're getting another Injustice. It'll be, I, I have a lot of fun with it. I have it on PC. I have it on Xbox 360. Uh, because, you know, my Steam addiction. And uh, there's... The cinematic trailer didn't really leave me hooked, and you know I wasn't going to talk about it. But man, then they had the gameplay footage that came that they sh- showed off during the Mortal Kombat like World t- World Series tournament, and uh, it looks so much fun. It I enjoyed the first one. Um, it was one of the last actual video games that I really played besides Diablo three. But I, I dug it. I mean, I'm a big fighting game fan, but I've never been the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, but I think Injustice worked well for what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad to see them bringing it back. I'm glad to see they're bringing in some new characters. Uh, Supergirl, one of them. And then uh, Atrocitus from the Red Lanterns. That's pretty cool. Did you also cool. see the cats there? Yeah, he's got Dexter with him, Dex- which is awesome. Yeah, Dexter's there with him. Uh, I actually said, Grodd, when he appeared on the gameplay footage. Like, when he came out, and I'm like, oh, shoot, it's Grodd. Grodd is one of Kate's favorite characters from The Flash. She thinks he's so creepy. And I'm like, That episode was really good, too. I'm, I'm, like, glad it worked, because Grodd is such a Silver Agey kind of character, where it could just be awful. And for what they got it to kind of work on The Flash, I think he's kind of more dorky on this television series so far. I've only seen the first season. But, man, I'm going to love messing him up on uh, Injustice. I'm watching gameplay footage right now. Oh, really? You didn't see it before? No, I watched the trailer trailer, and now I'm watching the gameplay. The gameplay trailer is where it's at. (laughs) I I do like um, 
how it looks like you'll be able to upgrade your character by getting different armor pieces. Yeah. Going kind of with the tagline for it, which is every battle defines you or every, yeah, every victory, every defeat defines you. Uh, I think that's really cool. Like (laughs) you see almost like like upgradable uh, aspects to fighting games. I mean, they've kind of dropped it from a lot of them, but something like street fighter alpha three, where you could battle around and you could change around your combos and, Mm-hmm. Switch fighting types. I always really enjoy that. It makes it just a little bit more. Well, in the newest Mortal Kombat, than like a button masher, I guess. Yeah, in the new Mortal Kombat, the, uh, basically almost all the characters have three different fighting styles. Like, and you could, could, could uh, select the character and then select their fighting style, like how you want. So, we, you know, because sometimes there's characters you really enjoy, but like just the way you have to play them doesn't fit like how you want to play the fighting game. So adding more customization, letting you kind of pick characters that you like and then get, you know, align your kind of like how you want to play, I think is only a good thing. So I'm kind of excited because in the first injustice, I really wanted to get good at Harley Quinn, but she's such a slow, like counter character that it, it was, it was hard for me to really get good at playing her. Because it, she was all basically about counters and um, and not the quick combos, which I more enjoy playing. So I could get pretty good at the Flash because he's yeah, a quick he's a quick combo character versus a counter character uh, like Harley Quinn. And I'm probably not making any of those terms right because I'm not the biggest fighting game person. Because yeah. there's a lot more to fighting games than I can ever get into. They really evolved from like basement playing my Sega Genesis. They were still in depth back then, though. <laughs> like you, could yeah, get but crazy it, with it. you could get, but it wasn't like anything like it is frame now. counting. There was frame counting back then, you know, for the combos. Yeah, but I didn't know any yeah. of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. I, I'm sorry. When I was like 12, I didn't realize you could frame count. Well, you didn't read the magazines, I guess, or go to Blockbuster and enter into tournaments. I don't know. No, I didn't. I would just you go and in his basement. I'd rent the game, play it for a little bit, or somebody would let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. I had Sega Channel for a while. That's cool. The Sega Channel was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Sega Channel, but I didn't have cable to even get Sega Channel. Yeah, it was sweet. And then my grades weren't good enough, so my parents took it away. Well, and I was like, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Uh, other video game news uh, ahead of E3 because there's some E3 announcements you know coming out before E3 so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Uh, E3 starts Electronic uh, Entertainment Expo starts on Tuesday. Uh, Disney or not Disney, but uh, Lego Dimensions also from Warner Brothers. Is that yep. a Warner Brothers joint? Uh, their Bigger Worlds expansion, their next uh, set of our uh, collections. New new things coming. Uh, we get to see the Goonies, uh, the all-female cast of Ghostbusters, uh, and plus the spoiler for the cinematic uh, Here We Go, Here We Go Again uh, trailer, Sonic the Hedgehog, which I thought was a really cool reveal. I actually just looked up uh, whatever, what else was coming out in this, and there's also Teen Titans Go, stuff from the Lego movie Knight Rider, Yes, that Knight Rider. I thought Knight Rider was already in it, but maybe I'm wrong. Powerpuff Girls, Gremlins, cool. Beetlejuice, and E.T. 
Oh, did he? Oh, that was a pretty funny reveal because it was the Wicked Witch of the West and uh, Gizmo from uh, Gremlins was uh, riding on her broom as well. And this big water splash was coming up. And she goes, Oh, no water! And then Gizmo goes, Oh, no water! Which I thought was funny. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the trick. Uh, first look at the Telltale Batman game. Is that the Lego Batman game? No, it's, it's the, a uh, Telltale. Telltale one. Huh. Yeah, but I said a Telltale Lego Batman game. No, it's actual <laughs> Batman. Batman, yeah. Because we're getting a Lego Batman movie. You know, um, <laughs> like your typical Telltale game, but Batman. Troy Baker is voice acting as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Hmm. That's cool. Um, no, the Lego Dimensions thing looks really cool. Um, I like the fact that they can have the ability to bring in all those different properties since they are teamed up with Warner Brothers and they have such a huge reach that they can <laughs> dip into a little bit of everything. I mean, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. Possible. The A-Team. Like, yeah, yeah, he was in the trailer. Uh, just watch it. It's a lot of fun, and I also like the song, Here We Go Again. <laughs> seems, seems cool. Um, kind of excited to see how this one does, especially when Disney's shutting down Disney Infinity, as they announced back in their earnings call last mm-hmm. month. Yeah, uh, 4.0 will not be coming out. 3.0 was the last of the Disney Infinity. And this isn't all that surprising, because Disney Interactive has shut down and shuttered operations, like, what, three to more three times in the past already? Yeah, it's one of those things that they keep doing. It seems They'll that... start up doing stuff in-house again, and then they shut down and they start licensing it out. And then after they see how well the licensed pro- uh, products are doing, they start up doing things in-house again. Mm-hmm. And then after they find out the cost of doing business, they go back to licensing it out one more time. It's it's pretty cyclical. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, they just, I don't know. It seems like it's the first thing they shudder every time there's a bad earnings call. They're like, okay, let's just get rid of this. We'll just get money. We'll just get money by licensing because then we get... 100%, you know, we know exactly how much we're making from each deal because yeah. we get the licensing fee. But then they find out how much the companies are making that actually sell the games. And they're like, oh, we would like that money too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but they invest in it. They do well with it. They support it. And I really thought Disney Infinity was them, like, really making a go of it, like, really going to support it, really put behind it. But I guess they were. But it was, it was incredibly expensive. Yeah. To, manufacture all those toys um i read an interview with it was either like the director or the producer of something from over at infinity mm-hmm. um, and he said their biggest thing when they went into it was making sure all the toys were readily available mm-hmm. so you didn't have people hoarding them and like selling them for crazy prices online like you'd be able to go into the store and then be like hey you know what i want to get captain america i want to get mickey i want to mm-hmm. get like merida like they were all there just ready to go um, what that led to though was certain other characters just not selling mm-hmm. um, and that's just all due to the licensing agreements that they had too um, he gave the example of the guardians of the galaxy pack where yeah they made rocket raccoon everyone loves rocket makes mm-hmm. makes perfect sense that they would put him in the video game but with the way the agreement worked out if they made one million rocket figures they also had to make one million yandus mm-hmm. wow. no kid is going to be like oh man give give me the michael rooker figure <laughs> i i wanted them well here's here's the thing though they also had the choice of who to include in the starter packs 
and they didn't include Rocket in the starter pack. So if they knew that Rocket was going to be the big draw, it was their own kind of greed to move them outside of it. Yeah, but all those starter packs came with two pieces. Yeah. And had Star-Lord and Gamora in the uh-huh. Galaxy one. I mean, that that works. I mean, those would probably be like the two main characters of that movie. Yeah, but Rocket, you know, I would have switched out Gamora for Rocket. You know? Yeah, but because you, you know you know who what people are going to want to buy. Yeah, and then you sell Rocket as a individual figure to get those people buying it. But if they knew they were going to be tripped up by their licensing agreement that there was going to be a high demand for Rocket, and they would have to also print out all the other figures or produce all the other figures along with him, like at that point you're at 3.0. So they should have understood the business model, you know, the business model that they've basically created for themselves, and they should. I think they should have really paid attention to what well, they were putting in. That one was actually 2.0. Oh, okay. So yeah, there, I Marvel guess figures they, that came out in 3.0 were more um, Avengers, Civil War, or not Civil War, um, Age of Ultron based, mm-hmm. and Ant Man and Vision. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where yeah maybe they you know maybe they would have been better served by making chase figures you know and just having those kind of lower lower run production you know. Uh, like, again, runs. that was all just in the the licensing deal that they had. Mm-hmm. Like to make any of those figures, they had to be across the board represented in the exact same way. Yeah. So, which it, that's costly. I mean, mm-hmm. I forget what they said. At one point, they had made two million Hulk figures, but they only actually sold half that stock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. Uh... They, they, now I'm like, oh, no wonder like all these stores were like doing buy two get one fi- free figures like near Christmas and all that jazz because there was probably only two figures you really wanted and you're like, yeah, you have to pay me to take this other figure home, you know? Yeah, they're, uh, I mean the what you call developer was shuttered. They're no longer working on it. They do have a few of the figures still making their way out currently. They just saw the release of. The Alice the Looking Glass figures and the Finding Dory figures as well, but hmm. pretty sure that's going to be it. Yeah, but no more. So, Chris, but, now that that's being shuttered, are you going to make the switch over to Lego Dimensions? Huh? Get your Harry Potter fix. Get your Batman. I mean, I, I played a bit of Infinity. I wasn't like crazy into it. Um, I remember a but, shelf uh, full of Disney Infinity. Well, yeah, but those those weren't mine though. Oh, those, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It's something I. With all the talk of it, I wouldn't mind going back and dipping my toe into it and actually playing it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself like trying to collect all the figures or anything, but I don't know it's sad because I know a lot of people dug that game, and you know we have uh, Lego Dimensions kicking it around. Uh, Skylanders is still doing pretty well, especially because they just came up with a new thing where you can design your own mm-hmm. Skylanders figures. Well, they did the mix and match thing. Uh, what two years ago? Mm-hmm. Or oh, you yeah, could stack them, take them apart, mm-hmm. and combine pieces to make a new one. But no, now it's legit. Like you can draw and make your own Skylander mm-hmm. and like appear in the game. That's 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 fun. That's kind of cool. And they've been doing Skylander for what almost ten years. Like how no, I mean, how long? Yeah, long. I, I was it was when I was at GameStop. So maybe like five years now. I'm going to look up Skylander video game series here. Uh, yeah, I would say like five. It's Toy the Life. Let's okay. You guys keep talking, and uh, yeah. uh, it came out 2011, so six. Okay, so not too bad. Yep. Um, 
something else that's just kind of getting started up is Comixology Unlimited. This was debuted about two weeks ago now. We haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show yet. Um, for five ninety nine a month, Comixology said they would be delivering almost like a Netflix-style comics-on-demand thing where there's a bunch of books out there that you can read and download and just take with you. They offered a free month for anyone that was interested in it. So I figured, hey, you know what, why not? I would love all the comics I can read. It's unlimited. But the titles that they have offered are things that you've probably already read if you are a comic book fan and you like reading some more of the indie books. And they only give you like the first five or so issues of each one. I don't think it's worth the five ninety nine a month. I don't think it was even worth my free trial month. Like I looked because you couldn't see what they had offered before you signed up. So after I signed up for it, I looked at what was available for Unlimited, and I was like, really, this is it? And I I didn't pursue it any further. Because uh, I, I, I got the, the little notification, and then, you know, I would see in different books that I are in my wish list or this or that, and it'd say, like, hey, th- this is Unlimited. So instead of sp- spending seven ninety nine on the first trade, I was like, oh, I could just get that, or I have... Volume one of trees. I have, you know, I have different volumes of things, and it's like when I get around to reading it, I'll get around to reading it. So it was interesting me enough just because there are a couple of those books that I'd want to read that first trade of. But yeah, at the same time, not super like kicking down doors for it. It's in my wish list for who knows when I'll get to it. Yeah, uh, just some of the books that they have offered. Archie, which we've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, Volume 1. Adventure Time. Saga, Volume 1. Attack on Titan. Walking Dead, Volume 1. Invincible, Volume 1. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Volume 1. Hellboy, Seed of Destruction. Uh, the Star Trek motion picture adaptation. Oh, I'm Red down. number one. Uh Transformers from IDW Volume 1. I wasn't sold till you said Star Trek. The motion picture. <laughs> Adaptation. Well, talking... Well, you know, they're picking bad books. What can we do? <laughs> I, just, I know a lot of people are excited for this because it's like, wow, cool, you know, I'll be able to finally dig in and start reading stuff. And when you see just the small number of titles that are available from the library, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, Eh. Yeah, but I, I'd be willing to pay double that five ninety nine to have not even every book ever available. Just give me, you know, maybe the past year's worth of books or the first year's worth of books, and then you know rotate things in and out. Because as it stands right now, a lot of the stuff that they have offered for free, mm-hmm. you could probably get for free off the publishers' websites. Yeah. That's probably true, and it's it's definitely not the Netflix of comic books, and that's what you kind of want for five ninety nine. Yeah, all right, you know, especially with you know these streaming all you can watch television series or uh, programs like Hulu and Netflix being at the nine ninety nine price point. Like, okay, what's your entertainment dollar there? What's your entertainment dollar spent? Is it worth it? Not really, if you can't find things that you're willing to actually read and i'm on the comicsology website right now and they're so dodgy about 
showing you what books they actually have available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're better served by doing the still with Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. If you're not worried about reading the newest, latest, best, if you want to just, you know, three months behind isn't that bad. You know, you're three. We're basically, if you're a trader wait, waiting for a trade kind of guy, just get the Marvel Unlimited, and you can read all the books that are three months old or older. So for the amount of it costing you to buy a trade every month, you can basically read all of the trades. Yeah. And I think that's the... Especially a lot of their books, especially their bigger ones, are all double shipping anyways, Mm -hmm. so you'd be getting those a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Chris, when he said, oh, Comixology has a Comixology Unlimited, I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. This is exactly what I would want because I'm not a big Marvel guy. But, man, to catch up on all the series... And then you just described it, and my heart was just sinking with every series. All in all, they have 43 different titles that you can pick from. This is the age of the internet, where 43 is not a big number. It's not a big number. <laughs> Especially since you and, can just find no some... No offense to you know, these books, too, but half of them are things that just wouldn't read. Like the Aliens Omnibus. They're the things that you go into the back of an actual comic book store... And he's giving away for five cents an issue. No. You know, it's the long box of shame. It's the, the thing that has a cobweb over it and nobody's touched. As, especially I will as, say you can get the first volume of Greg Rucka, uh, Greg Rucka's Lazarus, though. So, I mean, that's something that might be worth checking out. But. I have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, it's... Because Comixology probably put it on sale for was, half price, and it was probably cheaper than five ninety nine. It was like it's, the omnibus seven ninety nine if you want to buy the trade <laughs> as it is. It was like the omnibus for like six ninety nine of it. Yeah, I almost made you guys read that for trade and policy. Yeah, that might have been good. Uh, I read like the first issue, and I was kind of like, mm, "Let's read something else." All right. You know uh, what movie theater people are going and saying, "Let's watch something else." It's basically all the movies this summer is a. Uh, a, a summer of bus, apparently, because uh, we just got the numbers for Warcraft and Now You See Me Too, the estimate, weekend estimates from our summer movie Blockbuster Bracketbuster. And uh, Warcraft estimated $24.4 million opening weekend. And Now You See Me Too, not far behind, with $23 million opening weekend. Uh, Do we have the conjuring on there, too? Or no, no we, okay. because we don't really do the horror movies because, you know, we're not horror movie massacre. We don't care about horror movies. John. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Uh, the Conjuring 2 made $40 million opening weekend. So a pretty weak opening weekend and also really bad numbers, really bad news for both X-Men Apocalypse and Ninja Turtles out of the shadows because uh, they dropped hard. X-Men uh, Apocalypse only ten million only added $10 million. So. And what was it as official first opening weekend? Uh, for X-Men Apocalypse, it did its opening weekend. This is not with this is without Memorial Day. Uh, 65 million, 60, 66 million if we're rounding up. Or 65.8 million. It's opening weekend. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Opening weekend of 35.3. Oof. So these are sequels that are not opening bigger than their original. This is like one of those, we're in that realm of sequels that, you know, have always done, usually the sequel does a little bit better opening weekend than the first movie. And now we're seeing that, like, 
being cut by 50%. What's really funny is like I wrote the list for the movies on the bracket buster and with all the dates and everything. And I, somebody said like, Oh, did you see uh, Ninja Turtles last week? And I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that came out. <laughs> and I think some of it has to do with the more and more people getting away from having cable, going to Netflix and Hulu and the, like even like PlayStation has a, a TV watching service where you're not getting the mm-hmm. commercials. So you're not aware of what's going on. Chris, like you and I, when we lived in the apartment and we just mm-hmm. had internet and Netflix, we were always behind the time on like movies coming out or this doing yeah. this because we weren't we didn't have our finger on that pulse. And it's like they need to find a new way to advertise. Well, a lot of times now uh, the big movies will sponsor with sporting events. You know, uh, during the NHL playoffs, there's a lot of times like it'll be a you know uh, you know before before the commercial break they'll like to cut in the movie scenes with like the you know the plays of the game. Uh, the big thing in uh, NHL hockey, there was even like even years ago with Jason X, like they paid <laughs> they paid one team to have the goalie mask be the Jason mask, you know, painted up like the you know mask, and the team got money for that to you know support Jason coming back again, you know. Uh, but Green Lantern did it during the NHL playoffs, uh, and I, I forget who's doing it this. Who was the movie that was basically putting their stamp on the NHL playoffs? They do it for baseball games, you know. They do it for, they don't do it on the NFL because you know the NFL starts in the winter. But I think the NBA Finals also had some like, oh, you know, watch the premiere television trailer for whatever big movie. Because we have people watch us live on the list. No, okay. Because that's probably going to be a big one. What what one? Angry Birds. Angry Birds. That that, that one had an opening weekend of thirty eight million. We were seeing a lot of comparable numbers when it comes to the opening weekends for stuff. Besides the things that are like the big big blockbusters, like um, mm-hmm. like Captain America. You know, that's one of the biggest movies. Not just of the bracket, but of the year. Like that's the number one movie of 2016. Yeah, yeah. And right after that is Zootopia, and then The Jungle Book. Also, I have to point this out. This is domestic numbers. Yeah. Uh, China has grown their box office like threefold in the last like two year and a half. Yeah. Like if Warcraft made 174 million dollars yeah. opening weekend in China. I was just gonna say that. We. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but um. It said Captain America only did 125 million its entire run in China, mm-hmm. and it's not called Captain America in China. It's called like the the Captain or like the Avenging Captain or something like that. They don't they don't make reference to America uh, in the Chinese market. And you know we were all talking about the different Chinese cut for Iron Man three, and also Avengers Ultron where they had more of the Asian stars having a bigger role in those because. Guess what? The American movie audience for the theaters, you know, maybe even this year will not be the, the, where most of the money comes from for these blockbusters. It's going to be the the Asian market of China and then also south southeast of India. You know, the world market is making more money for these blockbusters than we are. And it's 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 hard to say what it is, but the fact too that like. Hey, I can wait a month and everything's going to be on DVD, or I can watch it on demand, or 
I can see it, you mm. know, X number of ways. And also there's a lot more of these second-run theaters coming out. In our area, there's now three. Yeah. You know, before, like five years ago, there was only the one second-run theater, you know, second-run theater. So, yeah, you wait a month. You wait a month, and instead of spending $12, you know, for a movie ticket, you're spending three. And I think that's a big draw, especially for families. Uh, well, just think, I'm just thinking about what I've seen in the theater this year, Jungle Book, mm-hmm. Civil War. Like, those are the things I made it out to because those are the ones I really wanted to see. Yeah. Ex, uh, Superman Bat- v. Batman. It took me almost a month to watch that. And did he go see Deadpool? Oh, I did see Deadpool. Okay. <laughs> well, so you've been to the theater. Oh, I've been to the theater four times. Twice as much as I have. <laughs> because before you were even with me, and I'm like, no, that ain't right. I know that ain't right. But I saw more movies that I liked. <laughs> Zootopia, Jungle Book, Batman, Superman, Deadpool, Warcraft. How did you like Warcraft? I like it. Um, it's not like the best movie ever, but it's definitely not the worst. I think people are being really harsh on it just because of what it is. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad it's doing mm-hmm. well enough overseas that we might get a sequel to it. Oh, we're, we're going to get a sequel just because of the market yeah. we're in. You know, all the characters... All the legwork is done for the character design and all that stuff. Like the investment's already there, so for a sequel for these kind of movies, especially high CGI movies, like the investment on a sequel is so much cheaper, and you're kind of guaranteed. Well, at least before you were guaranteed, but maybe the new shakeup with how they're doing. Does does it change your opinion, Paul, that the director of this movie directed Moon? Oh, really? Yeah. For for Warcraft, yeah, Duncan Jones. Yeah, Duncan Jones. Yeah. Oh man, I really liked Moon. It was fun. Does it change your opinion that it's also David Bowie's son? I knew he was David Bowie because everybody was talking about like, oh, did David Bowie get to see your new movie? You know, before he passed, and he said yes. See, you know, my dad got to see like an early release of it, and he he was very cagey about what what David Bowie thought about the movie. He said, well, he doesn't like to talk about his father too yeah, much, yeah. especially he said, with his passing. He he said that uh, his dad was just really happy that I was getting to do you know creative something creative that I love because you know he was definitely about just creating and you know, being creative. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Chris. You were saying something about uh, Warcraft getting a sequel. Do you want a sequel? Yeah, I would. I would see it. Is it does it leave itself for a sequel like obviously or yeah I mean it's just the very beginning like this is the orcs coming to Azeroth so they have years and years and years and years of lore lore that takes place after this that they can draw upon and I I think it did it did it well I mean I'm not like a complete lore nerd or anything Um, I saw what I expected to see in this Mm -hmm. Um, it was well done though I. The CG's really cool in it. It's a decent story. I mean, it's... Warcraft on its own is very tropey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course the movie's going to fall kind of into that pitfall as well. But it, it does it well. I could see this being, like, one of my sick day movies. You know, just those movies that, you know, and you can put on, like, while you're dozing in and out, drinking your Gatorade, eating Hang- some soup. Hangover movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. I want to see it. I have no huge clamoring to get to the theater Mm -hmm. to see it. Yeah. In, like, the spectrum of, you know, big-budget fantasy films, it's not going to be The Lord of the Rings. It's not going to be Harry Potter. 
I'd put it above like the Chronicles of Narnia. Would you put it, it above uh, in the name of the king, a dungeon seized story? I don't know that one. That stars <laughs> Jason Statham. I'd probably, put it like, probably put it like right behind the Hobbit. Oh wow! Yes, you know? Okay. I mean that because it's that great, but I mean it's better than some stuff out there, you know. Yeah. Definitely better than the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That's what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the movies I really I like want to see in the theater right now. Uh, Fantastic nice. Beasts. Where to find them? Also going to be in like in Dimensions. Uh, I kind of want to see the Rock CIA uh, movie with that's on our bracket. I know. Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence. Yeah, that one I wouldn't mind. I, I like I like the Rock. Uh, I'm not a big Kevin Hart fan, but. Oh, it looks it looks fun. Kate and looks I fun. went to see in the theaters the Kevin Hart movie, The Bachelor. What was the be- the, the, the one, best man or the whatever? best man? Yeah, I liked that one. We went. Uh, Central Intelligence looks like one of those movies that if I came home from work and I put on TV and it just happened to be on FX, mm-hmm. I would sit there and watch it. Yeah, I, I st- like that kind of movie. I still haven't because this this movie reminds me of the movie everybody kind of clamored for, you know, when it came out was The Rundown. I like the rundown. Everybody likes it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> it's oh, it's really good. The rundown's good. Uh, half of it is because Christopher Walken plays the bad guy, uh-huh. and uh, I just watched Balls of Fury, which <laughs> is the ping pong take off of Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. and Christopher Christopher Walken plays the <laughs> the bad guy in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the greatest movie, but it's just fun to watch. Honestly, like I saw that movie in the theaters. Anything with Terry Crews in it is awesome. So <laughs> he's in it for like two minutes. Yeah, and it's awesome. <laughs> you know what else is awesome? Comic books coming out this week. Hey. Well, guys, I don't know about you, but this week, the week of June fifteenth, I am looking forward to the final conclusion of the Six Gun. Issue 50 is a triple-sized issue, coming in at $9.99. But for three issues. For three issues worth of book. $12.99 is a trade, and that's four issues. And this is the War of Creation, all sides coming together. It's been a build-up over the last two months um, with 47 and 48 bringing all these characters together, and now I'm getting the final conclusion of the six-gun. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I do not mind paying the nine ninety nine. The the war of creation. Why do I have almost a song stuck in my head about a spark of creation? What is that a thing? The spark of creation. Maybe. Sounds like it might be a Bowie song. <laughs> you just got Bowie on the mind. You got Bowie on the mind. Spark of creation. It sounds like a Disney kind of song, right, Chris? I don't oh. Know. Spark of you creation. Think about the imagination. Spark like of creation. Oh, maybe that's it. Most likely. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's from actually a musical, Children of Eden. Ugh. You didn't see that. Nope. <laughs> I don't know why it's in my <laughs> head. What comic book will you be seeing? Oh, the comic book that I will be seeing with my eye holes is going to be Han Solo, Star Wars, Marvel Comics number one. Um, Majori M. Liu is uh, writing, and Mark Brooks is doing the art. And this is, uh, you know, Han Solo, alive. Spoilers, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what? For, for... 
Go well, ahead, keep going. Keep going. Don't explain. <laughs> Star Wars it. Just, keep, just keep going. Don't explain it. Okay. Well, it came out six months ago. We're in the clear now. Okay. Uh, this is him hanging out doing some undercover assignments, some uh, secret agent kind of stuff. Han Solo is a secret agent. I'm in. Because I'm this. I like uh, Mark Brooks' artwork a lot. I'm just excited yeah. to see him failing at uh, talking himself out of trouble. I'm not sure when this is placed time-wise, because on the cover we see the Millennium Falcon with the uh, regular uh, round satellite-ish. And as we all know, in the after the Battle of Endor, there is no satellite. And then by episode uh, Force Awakens, it's the rectangular satellite dish. So, is that the hint at what time frame it is? Like between you know, uh, Revenge of the or Empire Strikes Back and and uh, Revenge or Return of the Jedi? Uh, I'm I'm guessing maybe or maybe it's just a screw up by the cover artist. Who knows? Um, no, it's. They're undercover for the rebellion on orders from Princess Leia, so this is going to be <clears throat> more like classic trilogy. Okay, not after the trilogy, not the after the classic trilogy. No, it sounds like it'll be mid trilogy. I'm just looking at preview artwork for it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's she's still, still good. Princess Leia at this point. She's not senator or well, general. Well, that could all happen in between after Return of the Jedi, though. You know, where she becomes general or senator. Why don't you wait for the book to come out? Stop I, I, speculating. I'm speculating because I'm looking at the cover. And that's what we do here. We speculate. I'm going to speculate what book Chris is looking forward to. I'm going to guess a new DCU book. It is. And this is Titans Rebirth number one, written by Dan Abnett with art by Brett Booth. Um, the Titans, the classic Titans that you all know and love, are back together again with their memories returned. And they're going to be hunting down the interdimensional demon that uh, broke them all apart. Hmm. I'm looking forward to this. I love me some Titans books, especially because it's got uh, Nightwing in it. And I love it because the Nightwing the, looks sweet. I love it because it's uh, Dan DiDio is the big arch villain in the book, <laughs> right? Like right. when they're talking about DCU getting darker, and somebody came in and interfered with everything. They're talking to Dio, right? <laughs> like. I think they're talking about uh, Brad Meltzer, actually, at that point. Ooh. Identity Crisis really changed the tone for... <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, so. But that's back when it was still good, and there was still love. Because it w- Brad Meltzer really made the focus back on the relationships that kept everything together. Right? It wasn't until... They, I would say the end point, the, the darkest time, the, the, the uh, overarching darkest time is when they killed Ralph and Sue, Sue Dibney, you know, when Ralph died. And that was afterwards. Ghost detectives, and they never brought him back. So I see you're saying that Sue Dibney's death is the start of it with the identity crisis. Okay. I was just throwing that out there because you were talking about making things darker, Paul. <laughs> but it still, I mean, it still had the right, it still had the DC feel. But it, I, I, it was on the way towards, away from the heart and towards mm-hmm. the darker. Because even, I mean, Wonder Woman, yeah. killing uh, Maxwell Lord. Lord. I mean, there's lots of things. But we got great stories on mm-hmm. the way there, and then all of a sudden it just hit a brick wall, and we all just, you know, died. 
we yeah. crash test dummies. We just yep. hit there, and then like, we gotta we gotta refix this car, and it's gonna take a while. Mm-hmm. And now the car is on the street, so we're all happy. Teen Titans gonna be good. Happy for it. This is John's streetcar of desire. DCU getting good. <laughs> oh, I want I want my DC of like the early two thousands. I want it back so bad because I loved comic books then. Uh, Beer Company. Chris, are you done? Uh, Yeah, I was done. Okay, I didn't want to. Beer Company that we've always loved is Anderson Valley with their Wild Turkey Bourbon Barrel Series. And we are drinking their Salted Caramel Bourbon Barrel Aged Porter. This is a 6% beer, and this is probably the worst thing I've had from them. Wow. Wow. In In the Wild Turkey Series. I don't think it's that bad. I just think us coming from the salted caramel from where they nail that burnt they sugar flavor so well over at Southern Tier uh, because they've had chances at it, especially with the creme brulee. They've kind of perfected that flavor in beer. Uh, here, it's a lot more salty. It reminds me of almost of that Westbrook uh, salted sour, like level of salt. I feel assaulted by the salt. Um I don't get too. I, this is just with it, the fact that it is a porter, mm-hmm. and that the alcohol is so low. You don't. You get that salt. You get a little bit of that caramel. It's very, very light. Mm-hmm. I don't get any of the bourbon. I get a weird aftertaste, and that's what I don't like about it. But it's kind it's of mouth smooth. drying out. Yeah, it lingers on the tongue way too long. It, it's not bad, but it's not the best job that they've done with these beers. Where you say it lingers on the tongue back, you know, too long, that's where I'm saying, oh, it's that aftertaste where I don't really like it. It's 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 almost acrid. You know, it's almost like a little bile <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Oh, now I'm talking myself out of liking this beer. Before, I liked it. <laughs> the more I talk about it, the more I dislike it. I'm just going to keep drinking it, because uh, I like it when I'm drinking it. I'm done drinking it. Uh, we still have a good portion in the bottle. Oh, we still have that other beer we can open instead. We could just toss this and then open up that beer. Yeah, that sounds great. Maybe that sounds like a really good idea. But not as a good idea as a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Power Man and Iron Fist, number four, page 21, panel four. You know, you should consider some kind of costume. No costume. But Power Man needs a costume. I'm already regretting this. The beginning. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do the caption. <laughs> that was a reading from Power Man and Iron Fist. Number four. Page 21. Panel four. Paul, can you do it again with your George and Lenny from A Mice and Men voices? <laughs> uh, no. I prefer not to get hate mail. <laughs> uh, I try to sell my dramatic readings, guys. Because if there's one thing I wish I could get do, get is paid to do voiceover work for my shitty voiceover performances. <laughs> that would uh, be great. Uh, before we get into our main topic, Paul and I have opened another bottle of beer uh, with us discarding the Anderson Valley. Uh, this comes to us from Clown Shoes. We've had this beer, and in previous years, this beer has been made with cognac. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, bourbon. They- yeah, they did a uh, bluegrass billionaire. This is uh, the English style barley wine, aged in bourbon barrels instead of the cognac bottles uh, barrels. Uh, this is twelve point five percent that I've been sipping on. 
And this is uh, got a good barley wine. This I don't get much of the barrel. I don't get much it's of the there. bourbon, but it's, it is. It's yeah. a really well balanced between the English barley wine and the bourbon. Like they're fused together in those flavors. What's What's kind of crazy is I just saw this this week on the shelf for the first time. And I always check out the clown shoe section over at uh, the local beer store where I go to you Premier. Uh, this was bottled on 502.16, so I don't know where it's been for the past two months. Well, just distributor getting us the beer and everything. Yeah. Um, I do wish that Future Wife would go on more vacations without me to fun and interesting places because she always brings me back clown shoes beers that we can't get in this area. That's mm-hmm. how we got the previous billionaire one that we had mm-hmm. that was aged in the 30-year-old cognac barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh this is definitely gl- good. Good. You want to you want to be a glutton and you want to um, be a glutton for it because it's so good. Definitely feeling good. it. Like I feel like my teeth are about to fall out. I don't know what that's about. That's a new drunk thing that I'm getting. Uh, but this is probably on the lower side of their bourbon mm-hmm. aged beers that we've had. This is probably my bottom number. I still uh, like the T Rex. The, yeah, the imperial, the imperial red right. aged in bourbon. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because it's amazing. It's so good, and it was such a great price. Um, but the billionaire with uh-huh. the cognac that was amazing. I uh, think this and the Anderson Valley were the same price. Yeah, so it was probably like ten bucks or under. Yeah, uh, and that's what I love about clown shoes. They give you an amazing beer, a good beer. This beer is really yeah. good at a twelve point five percent barley wine aged in bourbon barrels mm-hmm. for ten bucks. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. It's not mother of all storms, but we can't what get can, that. What can be? But what can be? So, but it's you know, if you want to scratch that itch, that you know you'll be it'll be itching again, like as soon as you're finished drinking this, it's good. You know, this this might scratch that itch, just kind of that numbing balm. If you want a barley wine aged in bourbon, and you can't get mother's mother of all storms. So, yeah, and it's I mean this time of the year. Uh, good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like uh, our main topic. Uh, it's your main topic. Uh, trade, and, trade and policy mm-hmm. of uh, John Lou's. Jason. Jason. Yep. I'm John. Yep. I have it written down, Jason Lou, but I said John. Barley wine. Uh, we have his pitiful human lizard. Uh, this is a book that started within the last year. Um, the first issue came out in September of 2015. Um, he had been doing this as a self-published book since 2013. Um, got picked up by Chapter House Comics, who does Captain Canuck, uh, hmm. a series that we don't pay too much attention to. Every time we go to like the Toronto Fan Expo, he's there. There selling that book, and we just kind of quickly walk by without making eye contact because we're not huge into the uh, Canadian comic book printing houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this book um, is brought to us from this com- this comic book company, and this takes place with uh, I want to say Jason, but he's Jason Lucas. His name's mm-hmm. Lucas. Luke, yep. Uh, whose father was a kind of celebrity superhero who just kind of had sticky gloves. He wasn't a superhero. He was a company mascot. He he dressed up as the company mascot to sell his industrial glues. 
and he did it as kind of a uh, publicity stunt. And then he would go to children's hospitals and visit with kids. You know, that kind of a... Uh, that kind of a... Uh, yeah, like the Michelin Man. Right. But he actually dressed up like a militia, Michelin Man, not just a CGI kind of animation. Right. He didn't go out and stop crimes. He was a superhero. But he dressed up. He dropped up, dressed up as a lizard with glue boots and gloves to climb up walls. Mm-hmm. And now his son has that same suit, who's trying to be a superhero in Toronto, mm-hmm. where he, there's actually some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, the, there's actual monsters popping out of the ground. It's not the Toronto we know and love. That springs it's a, out. It's a comic joints. book Toronto. Yeah. Uh, it's written and drawn by uh, Jason Liu. He just has one editor kind of helping get everything go through. Um, but this book has fun, has some heart. Mm-hmm. Characters are likable. Art isn't anything exquisite, but it captures the tone of the yeah. book. Which is fun. Bargain. He's a bargain basement superhero. Starring in a bargain basement superhero comic book. Everything, the tone matches the tone of the superhero himself. Yeah, it all it all works yeah. really well. And when John brought this book to the table, I was kind of worried about it at first. Because mm-hmm. um, this seems like a very John book. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. No, no, okay, from the guy that always champions... Flaming Carrot. Flaming okay. Carrot, yeah. Okay. But that's not the that's not the John that we get on this podcast, the Flaming Carrot John. We get the horror movie comic. Uh, that's horror. because those books don't exist anymore. Right. I mean, okay. like, I, the Flaming Carrot, Madman, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's this side of the comic book world that I love. Mm-hmm. And you are getting that type of book with Pitiful Human Lizard. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chris. I just wanted to interject there because... I think this is the first time John picked out this kind of crazy book for for the you know for the look back. Yeah, um, I guess. Well, I'm I'm glad he did. It, I actually just read it this morning because I was enjoying my weekend off, and I figured, hey, you know what? Why not start off my Sunday by reading some comics, eat mm-hmm. uh, eat some peanuts, drinking some coffee, and I, I was not let down. Um, it it's definitely on the better end of the spectrum of the self published indie books mm-hmm. I mean nothing against comic book creators but sometimes the quality just isn't there in either the writing or the artwork but yeah I think Jason Liu does a great job making a fun accessible book that takes place in a city that we know and love mm-hmm. um, I liked seeing the little hints and nods to the Toronto all around the place we spent a lot of time there whether it's going up for conventions or to say what mm-hmm. Indie Alehouse, like there's a lot of places we know and love in Toronto, and I think this book does a good job of paying respects to that, while kind of standing out and being its own thing. Still, my favorite Toronto moment was just when the uh, Toronto girls uh, were trying to hold the head down of uh, the Majestic. majestic rat, and we'll get into the character introductions and the streetcars coming down. And streetcars can stop. <laughs> so the guy just stops there, and he's like, like what are you doing? <laughs> Get off the rails. <laughs> it's like, I guess in any other city you might think, oh, a train's coming, and 
he's they just going to get run studio, over. Not gonna there's stop. nothing that you can do. But this is Toronto, where people will cut off that car, that train car, so they have to stop, like, at any moment. And he just stops. <laughs> and the Toronto girl, Terano girl, uh, says, never mind. You stay there. I'm going to run you over. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I, I really love the eclectic nature uh, of all the cast of characters. I love it. The parents remind me almost of... Uh, did you guys watch on Netflix Aziz Ansari's Master of None? And I watched I w- the first episode, and then I just didn't watch the rest of them. I enjoyed it, but I just didn't... Uh, go back and watch, at least get to the parents episode, because like his relationship with his parents remind me of Aziz Ansari's and his one friend's relationship with his parents. Uh... It just, you know, they're not meddlesome, but they want to be involved in this life. It reminded me of, like, uh, the parents in Reaper. Okay. Yeah. Like, they're very supportive. Even when the dad becomes, like, a zombie, he's still <laughs> super supportive and loves his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what this book feels like. It feels like a UPN show that is good. Like, Reaper. Oh, and, original uh, way back to UPN, yeah, not CW. UPN, wow. But, like, like Reaper, <laughs> yeah. I had, I, when we first sat down to do this i had a couple other shows that i threw out there but it's it's got that feel of just these they really Mm -hmm. the book is more about these characters the oddball characters and um having these shining just small little moments where these characters can feel happy or Mm -hmm. even be left like oh the state was going really well until this girl found out i was the human lizard Mm -hmm. um but anyway so the the main character of the human the human lizard uh, he goes in for this. Uh, he needs extra money because, as any st- struggling superhero in his early 30s <laughs> has, he needs money constantly for training at the Brazilian Jitsu Jitsu Dojo. It's yeah. BJJ. I, what, I'm missing a J there. Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. What's the other J? Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu. Oh, words. there's two Js? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he signs up to be a guinea pig for a pharmaceutical company that's supposed to help his bruises and cuts and everything, because as a superhero, he gets beat up a lot. And this makes him basically immortal. It makes him able to reattach his arm. Um, Which is great for his brand. Of his brand of superhero. As, as a lizard. <laughs> that and just being a shitty guy in a suit with sticky gloves. Mm-hmm. Um and then he has uh, his best friend is Majestic Rat, who's power... The Rat King from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> He's able to communicate with these rats. He's He has alligators in his apartments, or crocodiles. Yeah. Uh, and they're able to... I don't know, he just shows them some love, and they love him, mm-hmm. and they listen to him. Uh, there's Mother Wonder, who's an actual... Who's, like, the actual superhero. Like the She's super, the Superman. Yeah. And it's great that she's a woman, and she's also good at being a mom. Yes. It's awesome. And then uh, the girl that he goes on a date with, who actually has superhero superpowers, um, who gets kind of pulled into this world. Miss Mistake? Miss Accident. Miss Accident, who has telepathy and can move things with her mind. Telekinetics. Telekinetics, not, not telepathy. telepathy. Uh, and then like, the, the, the rogue gallery of villains... <laughs> The the what the frustrated four. 
Um, there's, so like there's, a, five of them. there's like a TV personality guy who has mild hypnosis powers. Mm-hmm. A guy who's pretty good at making things. Paul, he's you. <laughs> he's a tinkerer. I love tinkerers. He's uh, a electronics wizard uh, that made the Toronto... Chris, again, I need help. Terrano. Terrano girls costumes. And... Uh, so you got the Terrano girls that dress up like Raptors because in Toronto, guys, sports, it's the Toronto Raptors are the basketball team. Yes, and they were they were kicked off the, the uh, Toronto cheerleader turn, cheerleading <laughs> team. Uh, yeah, uh, they're not cheerleaders; they're dancers in in, uh, in basketball because they do a halftime show where they dance they don't care. for beating up the sports guards. I liked it because they actually made a joke about it being sports talk <laughs> in the comic. That editor. Is earning his money. Because yeah. every other page, he's like, guys, see issue three. I think that's... Whoops, spoiled issue th- four. <laughs> I think that's more just his writing making that kind of overly classic comic book, like, make sure you check out episode three. It you know? feels a thro- like a throwback to the original Spider-Man, just done now. Yeah. yeah. Where, where everybody realizes that, no, what if Spider-Man was just a slub and not... <laughs> And not the actual hero. What if, you know, there was this other character running around uh, that was actually the hero, Mother Wonder, and uh, Spider-Man was just trying to hang out. Uh, It's awesome. We read the first five issues. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what the trade is. Um, The trade is going for 14-something. I could buy the first five issues for like $10. Like there was a $4 difference and I chose just to buy the issues. I wasn't getting anything more out of the trade except for not having to click a couple buttons Mm -hmm. and buying the issues. But this is a book I would keep up on. I'd buy the rest of the back issues and then continue to buy the new issues that come out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my favorite issue is just when Human Lizard and Majestic Rat are just growing out, going mm-hmm. around the city, trying to find his Issue missing four. rats. Yeah. yeah. yeah I even like that one's a lot of fun. Then I think it was issue number three where he's just constantly checking his phone to see if he got a message back from like his online dating website. Mm-hmm. It it was fun. Like there's a lot of heart to this book, and it's definitely something that I would keep up on as well. Uh, that was issue two. Oh, was it two? The date, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And issue three is they actually go out on the date. And it's a team up between because every issue is basically after issue two is a team up because it's him and teaming up with Barb, then him and teaming up with the issue three is a team up with Mother Wonder because she's mm-hmm. dumped him at the end of issue yeah. two. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the one where he's and he's he's always fighting the same bully in yeah. every every issue. Body Rock. We're just getting bigger and bigger though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he too went for a pharmaceutical trial. Yep. I just love that the pharmaceutical company is like, we were trying to do cough medicine, and <laughs> and now we whoops, have, we now, made a monster monsters. Now we have giant rats that uh, spit acid. We were trying to go for a, pe- a pain medication, you know, something to all the pain, and now you get regenerative powers. But there's definitely something evil whoops. behind. Whoops, we have <laughs> the dosage. Now you're a giant spiky doomsday creature. Congrats. Uh. $500. <laughs> it's definitely fun. The covers are fun. That's what 
caught my eye about this book were the covers. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I saw the cover, I read the name and I was like, oh, the pitiful human lizard. Like this is a book that I had been sitting on buying on the cover for the pitiful human lizard i love that pitiful looks like it's hand drawn in above the human lizard as if it was an afterthought like no it it's basically as if uh barb went around and just like went to every comic book store and just wrote pitiful because she's so upset with him uh yeah and it's it's something that i had sat down previous to buying this book Mm -hmm. um and i started reading three different trades to pick one for us Mm -hmm. and then finally was like i'm gonna get that book that i've been meaning to pick up Mm -hmm. and i'm so happy i did uh because this this book it it's heart it's one of those things that i feel like i've been missing from comics for a while and it's fun it's not over the top it's like a character learning his way yeah it's it's, the reaper because reaper was him stumbling stumbling to success yeah stumbling around with his best friend who's also kind of tagging along with him and uh yeah like to me like it it read like reaper it that's why i brought it up it just had that fun feeling of these characters uh just a lot of heart a good book Mm -hmm. if it's if you're looking for something extraordinary this is not extraordinary it's extraordinarily fun it's good you know it's, it's it's got the fun and it's got the heart i think you know, people of the classic, like, uh, if you like Gravity, if you like Miss uh, Miss Marvel. I think if you like Miss Marvel, if you're looking for something that's more about the characters and not mm-hmm. the superpowers and being extreme and this or that. Because the family moments, especially in the first issue of Miss Marvel, if you enjoyed the interaction between her, her and her family, you know, being kind of like crazy with, well, why, you know oh, you know, you're too busy praying to get a job, you know, brother, you know, her parents calling them out on stuff. Like, this is the book for you. I I, I think you can, I think there's a, I think there's room in the comics marketplace for this book. And I think uh, it's just up as, uh, up to us as the comic readers to make that room for it by voting with our dollar, which is voting with John's dollar. (laughs) <laughs> I agree, especially because, I mean, a lot of the conventions that we go to are up in Toronto, so that, hey, there's probably a pretty good chance that we would even just be able to get up there and meet Jason and directly support him, too. Oh, yeah. Especially since some of those issues, like, he talks about the, like, microprint, only, you know, available only at Fan Expo, like, issue. Like, uh, there was the one uh, backstory of, uh, what was it, the bear motorcyclist? Oh, like yeah. Grizzly Rider? Grizzly Rider, yeah. 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 yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's a book that I wouldn't mind seeing, or at least <laughs> like, just backups of that. Well, guess what? He'll be around in, like, issue 8 or 7 of uh, the Pitiful Lizard Man. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... Lizard Human. It's, it's, it's something that we could actually probably drive up and interview him. Or he could probably come a regular on Skype. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's definitely somebody who I would like to talk to because he's mm-hmm. probably our age and in, in grizzly biker. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. into the same <laughs> into the same things we are. Yeah, I I, re- I would recommend this not to maybe everybody, mm-hmm. like those people who are just diehard superhero fans, but somebody who is a comic book fan who has diversified his re- their reading. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth a checkout. Yeah, if you want, like, a Silver Age story, but with modern age sensibilities. 
with references to Grinder. <laughs> and and that's the thing, like Majestic Rat is a homosexual, but it's just done in a easy way. It's nothing big about it, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, dating's hard. You know, like it's mm-hmm. two friends having yeah. that moment. It's a diverse cast without hitting you over the head. Hey, we're doing diversity here. Kind of like what uh, DC da- did with their, oh, we're going to make it a diverse cast, you know, and we're going to hit you over the head. Mother Wonder is a black uh, female mom who's taking care of her business and taking care of superhero business. You know, she's awesome. And, you know, uh, it's a uh, Miss Accident is like just a 20-something school, you know, teacher. school teacher that's just getting things done. Having a hor- horrible time dating. Yeah. <laughs> and then having to hear about the human lizard all day at school because her students are obsessed with him. Because <laughs> they're fourth graders. And she hates him. <laughs> well, because she is so much cooler than a human lizard. <laughs> she is so much cooler. Do you even have powers, bro? <laughs> yeah. Do you even power? Uh, millennial. And then he's like... reference. Way to go, John. And then he's like... And he's like... Yeah, I'm like uh, immortal. I regenerate. So then she just uses him as a battering ram. Uh, I I, uh, I thank you for bringing it to the table. I was... I picked this book because I really wanted to read it. And while reading it, I was like, I don't... I have... Usually when we're reading something, I'm like, oh, Paul's going to hate this. Uh, Chris is going to like this. And while we're reading certain things, there's always that moment where you're like, oh, I can't believe you picked this book or this or that. So I'm so happy that you guys actually liked the book. Well, it's, honestly, All the way through, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, you pick stuff and you're like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> All the way through, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so glad John picked this book. I'm so glad John picked this book. I'm so, And you're like, when I picked uh, the Dark Phoenix saga, I'm like, well, hopefully the guys understand that this is this is the one of those touchstone books. Like, we should have read this like years ago. Like, this is yeah, they get it. Yeah, I don't really like it, but they, we gotta read it. No, it's one of those books you gotta read. You're a comic fan. You gotta have this done. You know. There was like Newsarama or like, one of those comic book sites put up like the best ten best movies. Marvel stories of all time. Number two is Dark Phoenix. And I was like, you guys even read that? You're just saying that because people say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of like those horror movie lists, right, John? Like The Tenant? I don't don't trust those lists. (laughs) I know. Don't trust those lists, guys. What is it, like uh, (laughs) AMC's top 100 horror movies of all time? Don't, don't listen. To, don't listen to them. Yeah, they're bad movies. They're not listen fun. To us, we're we're realistic. Mm-hmm. Man, and I we let we let you know when we're just fanning out about something and we like it. <laughs> well, we like it. Stamp of approval, right on the pathetic lizard human. Human lizard. Human lizard. Uh, yeah, and it's on Comicsology, so you guys can get it there. It's not like you have to go to the conventions up in Toronto. One of the great things about digital is, you know, the distribution is open up to everybody because there's no way this would be ever on a store shelf. Oh, it is on store shelves, though. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the letters in one of the issues. Oh, I didn't read someone the letters. In a, it's like Maryland or Massachusetts that actually, like, bought issue number one off the shelf. Nice. I didn't know it had that kind of distribution, but that's great. 
I mean, if if you wanted, like, you could just go into your local comic shop and order, um, like, Captain Canuck, because it was always in previews. I mean, it might not have, like, the widest footprint of mm-hmm. readers, but it is something that is available through uh, Diamond, the comics distributor. Yeah, but uh, it's available distributed digitally as well, much like our show. Hey. is distributed digitally over on, like, I don't know, iTunes, and you could leave us a rating or review, because, you know, if you want people to see this and learn about, like, the funky things that maybe you wouldn't learn about, uh, like the pathetic human lizard, uh, you should rate us and review us over on iTunes and give us, uh, you know, give us five stars. You know, we put a lot of work into it. We do a lot of day drinking. We do uh, do a lot of day drinking Just now. for you guys. Uh... So, yeah, that'd be good. Get yeah, go check out the show notes page over at bagdenboard.com. See the show notes for this episode. Stream it if, for some reason, you're listening to it and haven't figured out how to download it yet. Um, see all of our dramatic reading panels. Those are all there. Yeah. Email us. Why not? Chris, thank you so much for doing those uh, show notes, by the way. They're wonderful. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry I fell off of them for, like, two months. And then I started doing it, and I was like, I actually like doing this. It's just time, man. They don't make more of it. Mm-hmm. But I do eventually want to go back and redo all the show notes that I missed. Hey, but I think they're great. I really like the uh, the new photo yeah, thing you're that you're too. using. The the uh, new photo, like whatever the picture, however you make that picture. Oh, looks, the album artwork stuff, yeah. yeah I, that's I like that snazzy. one better. Yeah, really like it. Snazzy. Uh, so you I tweak it just a little bit, too. I find something that mm-hmm. I like a little bit more about it, so. And then, uh, what else we got? We got, uh, so you said email, we got said, uh, rate us and review us on iTunes, you know, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find us, you know, on all the yeah, podcasting uh, mediums. You know, check us out here. Oh, listen Facebook. Me, listen to me weekly over at, uh, Parks and Rec. We already did a plug for Parks and Rec, Chris. Yeah, Come but, you on. Know what? We're doing plugs for everything. So okay. listen to John over at Horror Movie Massacre, too. And, uh, hopefully. Maybe, maybe Word Books with Friends someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, most likely after the wedding, we'll get some new episodes of Horror Movie Massacre. Well, you're just trying to build a following now with what's already out, you know? No, we keep trying to do... I, I do not have a lot of extra time to do podcasts. And follow me on the internet. Uh, no. <laughs> this is Paul it. does this nothing else. I know. Maybe word books with friends. He talks about ice cream I with us. I still want to do that someday. You know, maybe do like one episode a month. But I am... Totally down on this challenge, Chris. I heard it on uh, you your Parks and Rec. Uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I'm I'm running. I've got six runs in so far. I'm going to get trained. I'm going to smoke you guys at the half marathon. Mm. Should I stop giving you like helpful tips? No, for running. <laughs> no, you should keep on giving me helpful oh, okay. tips for running because I need them. You're my coach. <laughs> I'm coach. Coach John. Coach John. <laughs> <laughs>